For over 40 years, the incomparable Nancy Kelly has wowed audiences all over the world. Her trademark swing bop style has kept toes tapping and fingers snapping while staying true to the music she loves. And we'll find out more about what she's up to today in the 315. Digital content on WAER is supported by SRC Incorporated, a not-for-profit research and development company whose goal is to bring a focus of respect, teamwork, and the freedom to innovate to the workplace. Learn more at srcinc.com WAER. Syracuse-born jazz singer Mark Murphy, a five-time Grammy-nominated artist world-renowned for his deep, rich voice, recorded 47 albums as a leader and left behind an incredible body of work when he passed in 2015. His music touched the souls of fans and fellow artists alike, including our guest today, Nancy Kelly. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you're here to talk about this uh, fantastic uh, project that you have out now, a tribute to Mark Murphy. Uh, on your website, you you wrote, I've recorded songs that most affected me over the years as an artist. These compositions nourished me and gave birth to my jazz soul. Why mm. Mark Murphy? What's, what, what is it about his music that inspired you to, to do this project? Well, when I uh, first started in music, I was doing popular music, and I even had a little band, and, and we went around and played. And, and then I uh, found myself always wanting to change the melody to everything. Never wanted to do it the way it was originally done. So I guess the uh, uh, propinquity to jazz and being a jazz singer was already there for me. And um, people started noticing that, and someone turned me on to Mark Murphy. I was blessed as a, as a, a youngster. My dad played all the jazz in the house. You know, we had classical, we had jazz. You know, I heard it all. Heard Ella, Billy, everybody. But when you're a kid, you don't listen to that. You don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it sinks in, and I think that's the important uh, factor here. And uh, so people started noticing I had that um, improvising tendency. And so we said, well, you got to listen to this singer, Mark Murphy. And they gave me a couple of his CDs, and I didn't get it at all. <laughs> I just didn't. I said, man, this is out. I don't know what this is. But the more I got interested in jazz and started listening and learning, I, I realized the 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 greatness uh, the depth of Mark and what he was doing and did you know at the time when when you were introduced that he was a Syracusan or from from this no, area no no okay no didn't I mean, know because he's an international yeah. artist much like yourself oh thank you um, just happened to be based here born here um, graduated from Syracuse University mm. um, and so uh, what do you think it was about Mark Murphy that pointed people um, pointed you in his direction? Well, Mark, uh, number one, uh, is a very lyrical singer. He works a lyric. Uh, that's his, his, his first um, uh, responsibility with music, I think, is, is uh, giving justice to the lyric and, and getting people to understand what the story is. And second, his uh, ability to just 
just work without a net. I mean, he just jumps and flies and goes there. And, and those people that know me personally know that that's also a trait I have, not a, not just as a singer, but as a person. Yeah, you, you often operate without a net, <laughs> yes, don't you? Yes, I do. So, um, but it's it. what it does is that you never, you, the possibilities are endless when you opt on the side of love instead of fear. And um, Mark had no fear, that's for sure. He jumped in with both feet. And uh, he was well-versed in his art, too. I mean, he knew where he was going, but sometimes he didn't, and sometimes I don't. And you know what? Who cares? Most people don't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nancy, it's clear that Mark had a profound influence on your music and on your career. So when you set out to do a project like this, a very sort of personal project, is there a different set of challenges that you experience doing a project like this, wanting to really pay tribute to Mark and his work? Well, I guess there's a lot to say about that. Um, first, this was honestly just something I wanted to do from my heart for Mark. Mark had passed away in October... 15. 15. And my agent and I were talking about, well, we should put together some kind of a show that we could tour, a Mark Murphy show. And then all of a sudden I went, hmm, I ought to do a record to go along with this whole thing. And then it just one thing happened after another. But to answer your question, wow, I mean, how do you pick the music for such a project? Which goes back to your original question. Um, these were songs that when I first started listening to Mark, these were the songs that I learned from, that affected me, that, that changed my outlook on music. So while there is a body of work that Mark has, that certainly one might be more drawn to some of those, these were the ones that really turned me into a jazz singer. So I kind of stayed true to that. And uh, turns out uh, national and international radio is, is agreeing with me. And so... We can see that there's the 10 tracks that are on this album. When you were thinking about wanting to really stay true to the songs that had influenced you, and you talked about the challenge of you know picking the music, was there one that when you decided on this project, you instantly knew this one needs to be on the record? Um, well, uh, huh. one more than another. It's, it's interesting. I guess uh, Red Clay would be a big one for me. But there's a song on on the CD that um, was not one of the songs that I was listening to as a young jazz seeker. <laughs> and um, it's called Song for the Geese, written by bassist Sean Smith. He wrote the song, and Mark wanted to write lyrics to it. And... Um, Mark was very influenced by the bay that I'm currently living on, Little Sotus Bay. It's about the geese flying in and out of the bay. It's a really, really touched my heart. So it is the one song other than all the others that I really wanted to get on the CD. Very special meaning to me. Well, why don't we take a, a listen to that song that, that influenced you so much? A child 
was me Sought to geese long ago On a bait at dusk They'd arrived unannounced A hush fell As we went wild They'd glide That's a lovely melody, and uh, your treatment is absolutely wonderful. What do you remember about recording that, the day you recorded that? Now, you recorded this in New Jersey. We, we did, yeah, in New Jersey, um... Yeah, uh, the piano, the, the 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 pianists follow the pianos around. <laughs> so we we John wanted to do this at a studio called Trading Aches. Um, there's a, there's an interesting. These are all great questions because I really did not know this material. Mm-hmm. This is all material that I had never sung or performed. And as an artist, I'm someone who loves to own the music before I record it. And I, I didn't, quite frankly. So I did scratch vocals uh, the best I, I did the best I could over this uh, for the guys. And then I recorded the vocals up here. Mm-hmm. But what was nice is I could live uh, inside that track that they laid down and um, match match the, the, the romance and passion that's there. I can't imagine what might have been going through your head. So you are a fan of Mark Murphy. You are a friend of Mark Murphy. You live on Little Sodas Bay. And this song was written about that experience. There must have been a lot going on e- emotionally with you yeah, when, when, when thinking about this song. It's really deep. I <laughs> I still get chills. I... You, I go out and stand by the edge of the bay and and talk to Mark. I know I don't want to sound too woo-woo on mm-hmm. everyone here, but, you know, man, it's deep. So would, would a song like this uh, end up becoming one of your favorite songs? You oh, think? It, well, it is okay. because I live there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how much it affected Mark. He They had a camp. They had a camp uh, around, the, around the other end of the bay. And, you know, he wrote this. Uh, part of it, thinking about that that place and the geese that came in and out. I I did learn later from um, Sean that he actually finished writing it at Sheila Jordan's place. Okay. So there's all kind, kinds of cool stories that are starting to pop out, you know. Now on your the cover art for uh, remembering Mark Murphy is a picture of him as a, a boy sitting on a dock. That's is, the is, dock, is, and that's the dock, and that's a little soda bed. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's cool that you included that. When you open up the CD, there's a picture of me on the same dock. Oh, nice. Okay. That we took just recently. So we're just staying with the cool stuff. <laughs> what What is it about Mark Murphy, the person, that you got to know as a friend that you would want people to know that you don't think people know in general? Just just as a general fan of of his music and um, and jazz, what about his his personality uh, which do you think people should know? I think one of the coolest things is that the way Mark sings is also the way he talks. Like, if you sit around and you listen to Mark, you're going to kind of hear this going on. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I mean, even when he's not on stage. 
<laughs> oh, Nancy. Um, it's like, he was a character. He was he was just what you see is what you get. And Mark was a delight. You know, he was just all the time Mark. <laughs> I don't know. So it's such a big influence on, on your career and the work that you've put out. Were there certain elements of his music you wanted to make sure got through on this album so when people who maybe this is their way of being introduced to Mark Murphy are really getting a sense of what he was all about as a musician? I would say uh, sincerity and love, love for the music, um, the freedom, the freedom that Mark, the chances that he took. Uh, luckily, I'm, I'm like, as we discussed earlier, I'm a singer who's not afraid. So <clears throat> it was easy for me to uh, to kind of get catch his catch a ride, you know, with with his vibe, you know. He um, and from what I'm hearing back from people, they're saying, "Wow, you know, you you really did kind of capture this thing." But honestly, I wasn't trying. It's just because we have that in common. Let's talk about who's on the gig. The gig. Who's on this project? Um, you want to know about who's on the record? Yeah, or, uh, on the record. So we know Randy Brecker, big name. Randy trumpet, Brecker. Trumpet, flugelhorn. Um, what was it like working with him? You, you've worked with him before. Or no? Well, actually, it was a fun story. We were doing the uh, the tribute to Randy. We did a, a Syracuse Jazz Fest mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Tribute to Mark? Or I'm Randy? sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I misspoke. Uh, tribute to Mark. And we should do a tribute to Randy. <laughs> 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 Lord, I hope we get a chance. Um, so we're doing that tribute to uh, Mark, and uh, Randy was on the gig with me. We, we There was the New York Voices and, and me and the great Ronnie Lee. I remember and, that. And it was a, just a great day. And I had just worked with Randy. So I was getting this project together. And I realized I want, I would, Randy was on three of the songs that I originally was on three of the songs. Um, Vera Cruz, Empty Faces, Body and Soul, and Red Clay. He played on the record with Mark. And I said, man, how hip would that be mm-hmm. to get him on this project? Mm-hmm. So I, I called him and he said, yeah, man. Nice. No problem. And then we have uh, Bobby Militello, who is n- not far from here. Bobby is based in uh, Buffalo, yeah. New York, has been uh, all his life, spent his career touring the world with uh, Dave Brubeck. Okay. Uh, Paul Ballenbach, yeah. guitar. Yeah. He's he's hot. Yeah. He's he's played with, uh, with my friend Gary Thomas um, years ago. Uh, so whenever I'd go watch Gary play in New York City, uh, Paul was playing. Always enjoyed his work. Paul's another jazz explorer. I just love where he goes and the way his brain thinks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, I needed I needed kind of some someone that plays a, had a little uh, uh, blues going on. Okay. You know, some of the jazz guys they they don't get close enough to the blues for me. It's, okay, you know, it's more about notes, and I <laughs> I would rather hear some of that. So he's on electric guitar, and then you have Paul Myers doing acoustic work on guitar. Master of the nylon string. Just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Edward uh, Ed Howard on electric and acoustic bass. And then the drummer is who? Carmen Intore, Jr. Um, I met Carmen. This is a great story. I had done that gig uh, with um, uh, Joey D. Francesco. Remember that? Uh, we did, did mm-hmm. that a couple summer couple summers. I don't know how many summers have gone by. 
<laughs> anyway, so Joey, I had called Joey. I says, you know, I, um, what drummer should we put on this date? He says, you got to hear this this young fella. He's really hot, Carmen and Tori. I said, okay, cool. And we brought him up, and he played the gig, and I fell in love. Nice. You know, he's he's everything about his playing is got me all over it. <laughs> it's a it's a great uh, great group of uh, of cats, and uh, we're gonna listen to another song and talk about your um, CD release party uh, after we come back from this break. Digital content on WAER is supported by SRC Incorporated, a not-for-profit research and development company whose goal is to bring a focus of respect, teamwork, and the freedom to innovate to the workplace. Learn more at srcinc.com slash WAER. Sunday in New York, one of my favorite songs. Uh, what people can't see while they're listening to this is you, you were feeling yourself when you're listening to your own music. I, I like the record. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I put these R&B feel, three of them on there, and my roots are in that. Mm-hmm. So this is like especially what fun. Is it, what, what is it like? Because I can't imagine. I'm not a musician. Kevin's not a musician. At least he, he tries to play one on television. No, nowhere close to a musician. <laughs> I can't imagine putting out work and then being able to like listen to it you know it's got to be cool well uh um, we spend so many hours mixing that i take a break trust me Mm -hmm. you get you you get too close and you don't want to hear it so actually this is probably the first time i've heard it in a while so i'm thinking to myself geez that's not pretty (laughs) (laughs) and i'm dancing over here i'm sorry when when i hear (laughs) when i hear sunday in new york it, it uh it really I'm amazed at how much you sound like I heard you on your first record. You don't, there's no, the the voice, the quality of the voice is still the, so when I was uh, programming radio in Baltimore, um, I was playing your your, your first record down there, and it just reminds me of, uh, the quality of your voice reminds me of that, so there's no... um, there's no uh, appearance of years, no strain. It, well, it just, thank you. So, so what do you what do you do to to keep that? Well, I teach voice. You teach voice. So, and so, it, does that help you keep your course, instrument in shape? Of okay. course. Yeah, I'm constantly. I gotta I gotta practice what I preach. You, don't I? You still sound that youthful. Well, when when one ages, um, the vocal cords thicken. This is interesting because you always hear about women that are um, past a certain age. 
uh, losing their in some of their uh, c- capabilities, and that's just bunk. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose some notes because because the vocal cords have thickened a little bit. So I can't sing a high C anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. Okay. <laughs> what, what I've got, I've got, and it's nice and clean. And if, as long as I do my scales like a good girl, and mm-hmm. keep, <laughs> you got to keep it's an instrument. You got to practice. Why did you choose Sunday in New York? One of my favorite Mark tunes. One of my favorite Mark tunes. Okay. Yeah. Uh but I hear it when I uh when I hear music not only for live performance but when I'm getting ready to do a record I hear the whole arrangement. I I hear I knew what I wanted mm-hmm. and that's when I went to John and I said, "Hey, you know I want to try kind of a funky thing on this, you know." So Nice. So you've got a CD release party coming up. What are the details on that? When is it? Where can people catch you for that release party? The release party, even though the record's been released, um, we're, it still is can be called a release party, I guess. <laughs> it's a celebration, and we are at the new nightclub next to Subcat Recording Studios. It's called Wonder Bar. It's in the space that was once housed by Red House Theater. And the date is June 9. And we have uh, a VIP meet and greet at 4 p.m., which they can pay a little extra money for and hang out with the guys because I'm bringing in guys from New York. Nice. You know, you know, they, they get to actually hang out the way we do backstage. It's kind of cool. Get to ask them questions and whatnot. How much is that? That's $45. Okay. And then uh, the band will start at 5 and. Um, We'll probably do a couple sets, take a little break, because I like enjoy talking to everybody myself, you know. And that's 15 in, in advance and 20 at the door. I wish I could tell you the link. It certainly is all p- listed on my website, nancykelly.com. Mm-hmm. And that's also where you can get the record. So you can pay and, and download a digital copy. You can get a physical copy. You can get the downloads. It's all over Amazon now and all that stuff, iTunes. So it's all over the place now. Did you uh, run into any particular hurdles, any troubles with recording th- this record? And, 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 and a follow-up question to that is, because you've been in this game for a minute, what's the big difference between trying to produce a record now and getting get it in the hands of your fans versus say twenty years ago. Man, oh man, I don't think we have that kind of time, <laughs> the, Jolie. The, the game, the game has changed, hasn't oh, it? Oh boy. Well, you know, you just kind of got to do it yourself. That the, there are uh, several labels that that do take on uh, new jazz artists, but the criteria that they go by has really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being good or being talented and good at what you do really doesn't mile about to a pile of anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So we're all, most of it, us doing it ourselves. So I had to raise the money. I raised the money on uh, Kickstarter and um, spent some of my own money. <laughs> so, I mean, you become, you're become you not only the artist, but you're the producer, mm-hmm. you're the marketer, you're the fundraiser. Well, I mean, you got to wear a lot of hats these actually, days. Yeah, yeah, you do. Actually, I did hire a professional Publicist mm-hmm. for this, okay, and um, 
I hired Scott Thompson. He he was the publicist for uh, uh, Dizzy's in Lincoln Center for years, and he's highly, highly connected. So it was really nice. He knew what to do and who to send it to and all that stuff. So sometimes you gotta you gotta get out there and spend a little money. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can make a record. I mean, anybody can make a record. What you do with the record it makes the difference. Bottom line, this thing for me. What is it that you want uh, at the, the the last track of this CD when a person has listened to it from beginning to end? What do you want them to take away? I want them to put it on again. <laughs> <laughs> that's a silly. I'm sorry. No, that's a good. That's a that's a that's a good answer. You want it. You want it to be something that people enjoy over and over and over again. I think it's that kind of record, and I'm finding, uh, you know, like anything, like anything in life, one day one tune appeals to you, another day another tune appeals to you. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's that kind of CD. I don't think there's a weak a weak track on it. No, I don't. I don't either. I agree with you on that. Yeah. it's a fantastic record. We want to thank you for uh, coming back to the three one five, and uh, look forward to attending uh, the release party. And you'll have to come back and, and talk to us again. Absolutely. I, I'm very grateful. Thanks, guys. And don't miss Nancy's release party at the Wonder Bar Nightclub, 201 South West Street in Syracuse. On June 9th. Yep. And be sure to get your copy of her newest release, Tribute to Mark Murphy, at nancykelly.com. The 315 is a production of WAER Syracuse Public Media. Subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts and be on the lookout for the next episode of The 315 where Katie Zilkoski and I tour around the Syracuse area to explore a handful of local food establishments. Yeah, I like how you guys uh, did the food thing when when I had my hands full with uh, Game of Thrones, but that's that's okay. I'm Joe Lee. And I'm Kevin Claus. We'll go out today with On the Red Clay from Nancy Kelly's latest release, Remembering Mark Murphy. Somewhere on a side